Mark, it's an 87th Precinct podcast bonus episode. This is the bonus episode for the book Calypso, the 33rd 87th Precinct book, which we discussed in our main episode, which is a horrifying tale. Let's find out, as usual, if the covers are as horrifying as the story itself. Yep. Oh, (laughs) the end. Well, I think what we should do first and foremost is the covers of our editions. We've all got exactly the same edition. Well, same cover at least, anyway. Describe it, Steve-o. Tell us what's going on. There's a startled German shepherd uh, on a lead with a woman with long black leather boots thigh length yeah ah. and that's kind of it and gloves but the dog just looks really weird it's got big it's long... like staring right at your eyes it's tongue sticking tongue out it's tongue out. sticking out and it's just a bit unusual it's the pan gold band edition it was so much when I was reading it on the train the other day I was kind of hiding the yeah. cover I was from the fellow team. passengers and the ticket collector because if you look at it they would be thinking what the yeah. It looks really reading. It looks you, just really bizarre. You do worry that people think you're reading some kind of very niche S and M fetish kind of literature, which is not necessarily the uh, impression you want to give off. One of those Jackie Collins things or something like that. <laughs> oh, good lord! Just, is that who wrote the bitch and stuff like that? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit the like bitch, that could apply to the German <laughs> Shepherd, <laughs> couldn't it? Could, except we know it's a fella. Although yeah. you can't see necessarily Gold. on this cover ah. due to a strategically placed boot. <laughs> you can't see Clarence's... Uh... Little Clarence. <laughs> Little Clarence is hidden. Cover photography by Colin Thomas, Excellent as most Colin. of these ones So do the huffing. Been. We'll do the huffing early. Oh, he's going straight, oh, he's in. straight in for the huff. Ooh, right, that's, uh... that's Steve-O's. That's Morgan's. Very similar, those two. <laughs> okay, well, mine be different. Yours doesn't smell of anything. Oh, excellent. Oh, that's oh, quite simple. A draw. <laughs> a draw. A tie, okay. Are they all exactly the same edition, I ask you? This is... Um... Well, how much does it cost? £1.25. £1.25. Uh, yeah, £1.25. Yeah, no no barcodes on anything? No barcodes. No. 1980. First published, yeah, this edition, 1980. Because they do all say a new 87th Precinct mystery on the cover, they don't do. they? So. They do indeed. And I've got a sticker in mine that says that this book was the property of Michael Blumenthal from 25 Ashburton Road, Birkenhead, Merseyside. Oh, he might still live there. Yeah, I may have just read his address out. But I, it must be from a while ago, because his phone number's 051, not ah, 0151. Crazy. I must have... There's no price in this. I must have bought this online. Mine was one. Mine was online. One dash is how much mine cost. Mine must have been bought on Tinternet. Mine was bought on Tinternet. It was previously owned by a G, GP... GP uh, doesn't tell us anything else about that. So general practitioner, yes, <laughs> just owned by AGP. Yeah, <laughs> no dedication in yours, then, Steve, or uh, ownership note. Not nothing. Sad Not times. ex libris de Llewellyn Hodge. No, this time. <laughs> no such marker, I'm afraid. Well, let's have a look at the original editions, and we'll start. I've arranged this. Don't look at the ones that aren't the book we're looking at. See, I've printed them out ah. this time in, to make my life easier over the coming oh. months and, and years. Okay. But if you start with the first one, the US hardcover edition. Mm. It doesn't really tell us much, is it? It just looks like some coloured lines. It is some coloured lines, that's all it is. Oh. But what do you notice about the cover of that in terms of the wording on it? 
No 87th Precinct. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing on there to say this is an 87th oh, Precinct book. A novel. Which I wouldn't have noticed, but our pal Hank Wellman uh, pointed this out, that this one and the next one as well don't actually say it's an mm. 87th Precinct book. I think, I think they're trying to just sort of, hoping they might broaden the appeal by not sort of indicating that it's part of an already extant series, maybe? Yeah. But it's a weird one that hard that American hardback mm. doesn't make any sense to me. That cover, yeah, it's, it's, it's doesn't give anything away. Yeah, I'm not couldn't imagine what it's supposed to represent, if anything. Yeah, just total abstraction. Abstract. Yeah. What's U.S. The, paperback? That looks like somebody is just shot a boiled egg. <laughs> <laughs> it does. And some it's, red beans <laughs> flown out of it. Obviously, uh, What's critical. Going on there? Is that coconut? <laughs> I think it's... Or is that supposed to be somebody's... Uh, I think it's supposed to be like a maraca or something. I think it's supposed to be a maraca because I it's think, a percussionist in the story. Uh, yeah. The beans out the maraca. Yeah. That must and be him. Bullets. Strange. It's bloody oh, awful. Right. It's not... Yeah. What, which one we're doing now? UK hardback. <laughs> oh, not so long as you should boast shall lives on there. What a cracker killer... Calypso. Ah, okay, so we've got this, that the orchid that's yeah. uh, mentioned there, The Calypso yeah. orchid. Ah, I see. That's a bit odd, that one, isn't well, it? Well, it's not just the orchid, is it? What else is there on there? There's a woman levitating on top of it. <laughs> there's a... Either a bloody great big orchid or a very tiny woman. Right, yeah. then which one are we doing now? Well, there's only one left, and no, it's the one, the one that we've, we've got. Done. Yeah, basically. That's true. Ghosts. Well, these ones that are coming up. Yeah, yeah don't look at them. You're Spoilers. not allowed to see them. Yes. I'll, as usual, I'll put the pictures on... I don't know which my favourite of those is. Well, that's, then, eh? a, that's the question, yeah, really. A, yeah, I think mine's probably the UK hardback, but I don't think it's necessarily representative of the book in any mm. good way. Nah, I don't like that UK hardback. I think I even prefer the... bloody steamy windows. Uh... <laughs> steamy windows. Boiled egg. I, I prefer boiled egg. <laughs> boiled egg and beans. I think it's it, the most... Stephen Royston motto. <laughs> I prefer boiled egg. Well, yeah. beans. You do like a boiled egg, uh, don't absolutely you? love a boiled egg. I think having looked at the other options, I might prefer the sort of... Startled Clarence. Startled Clarence. That's a cartoon, isn't it? A kid's cartoon on... <laughs> on Cartoon Network. Startled Clarence and Hidden Now Clarence. available on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Startled Clarence and the Dominatrix. Oh, good Lord. I've got some questions from folk Oof. as well. So our, our pal Matthew on Twitter asked us, while we're on the subject of editions, I, w- I suppose we can base this on what we know so far, what are our, what's our opinion on the best slash worst 87th Precinct publisher, favourite and least favourite set of editions? And uh, Matthew does say, I think you know where my loyalties lie, and he's a, he's a pan, gold stripe pan. Well, these ones? Yeah. There's there's a certain chance. Well, there's so many of them, isn't there? I quite like the ones from the 70s, that 80 million eyes one that I had. That was quite good. Yeah. I've I've got a few of those. I'm not a big fan of these ones, actually, for some reason. I I do love a a green spine uh, penguin. Yeah, the the early ones. The Alan Spain graphic design ones. Of the new ones, those newer ones, which have the list of all the books in... Are all right, you know, like yeah. the the greeny beigey coloured ones. The um, for the newer newer editions. Are they Orion or yeah. yeah. 
Um, I, I, my least favourite I've ever seen was still um, the, whoever it was who did my appalling uh, long time no see. Your 90s one. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Coronet? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think the Coronet ones are by, and, uh, by miles the worst editions <laughs> of them. They're just... The, the, Fonts, the colour combinations, the lack of interesting design. Yeah, I, I, I prefer those to these. So Steve is pointing at the what are those? The slightly One of earlier my, pans. This or? is a a penguin. This is a penguin edition. Ah, the seventies like seventies penguin. The seventies penguin editions yeah. of, yeah, of stuff. Cool. This is of a, of a different book. I'll mention in a minute, which just has the cityscape in the background and they're good solid paperbacks. Those yeah. those penguin ones, which. We've talked about some of those earlier ones, particularly. These are all right. They've got a really bad habit of the them they, they fading on your bookshelf, don't they? Yeah. Because they've got red text for the titles on, and on my bookshelf, you just like they're just all white. Yeah. I think, as we've also said, I think around bread, when I I had stooped to buying one, we're not necessarily too keen on the new um, Amazon editions because they're a bit like a textbook. Yeah, oh, they are. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're so strange. They just don't feel proper in your hand, mm, do they? Really, no, books of that odd. size and, and quality. Yeah, it's, it's 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 hard to put your finger on quite what's wrong with them, but it's not quite right. I got a, not appalling. I got like not a reprinted right. John Dixon car recently, and it's like this size. A uh, five. Yeah, mm. and it's like really floppy with a really bizarre. It's like reading a textbook, mm. like a. Yeah, I think this one. Yeah, they're all print on demand now. Yeah, I think so. They really. they end up being a bit weird, mm. like really floppy as well. It's I mean, just like quite difficult. I, to... I'm I'm glad to be able to get a print edition, a new print edition, if if need be. Now it's that's great, but it's it's not the same as a, a nice old yeah. old paperback. Is when it? you think about the nice new editions, are like the Martin Becks and the. The uh, the Richard Starks that they brought out. It's a shame nobody's really done a nice new. Yeah, here it, they all are, and you'd be like, "Ooh, imagine being up by the box set Oof. of the eighty seventh precinct." <laughs> it, the rights issues alone would be would drive someone mad. I think. I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I think the answer then there is that we we like the Penguin editions of the early stuff, but it can only be the early stuff because it doesn't extend much further than that. And we hate the Coronet editions of the later stuff. <laughs> Although the reissues shopping. of stuff which are just tripe. Although I, I now have a perverse desire to get a few more of them just to see how bad they are. Mm. <laughs> it's a slippery slope, I think. Our friend Andrew on Twitter has also asked, we've reviewed 30-odd books in the series now. Have you looked back on any of your early scores and thought we were too high or low on any of them? Well, we often talk about recalibration. Well, don't we? we've definitely not got enough variation, but I, th- I think maybe that is a sign of the fact that the the they are fairly consistent. Really, I think it's probably kind of from now that maybe we might start seeing a bit more variation. Actually, I don't know. we have a few peaks and troughs. I don't no, think. We have, yeah, no, we have. Yeah, but, I uh, mean, the, the lowest we've had still is eighty million eyes. But we've, you know, till death ranked pretty badly. We weren't massively keen on so long as you both shall live. Probably are. Uh, let's have a look at uh, Kenneth. Sorry, he's passing Kenneth over to Stephen. Wheel it over. But I think you you were right. The consistency is one of the reasons that you read the series, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. So our highest scores are about uh, King's Ransom. Still about the winner, isn't 90. it? Ninety. Down so, to yeah. about fifty-five. No, I think I think we've been uh, I, I okay. Have, I have no regrets. I'm feeling pretty good about. But uh, I can see that maybe 
in the eighties, maybe a bit more. It's going to be different up and I think, down the 80s. because I, I seem to remember that you'd get you got some then which you thought were I thought was absolutely fantastic, and then there'd be one that was less so. Well, we're on the so, cusp of the eighties. Yeah. Next one will be nineteen eighty. I, I have a, I feel like I'm going to think they're all amazing, but yeah. maybe I'm deluding myself. So we'll see. Yeah. But I, th- I think there'll be some very high scorers because I think when I think back to like the absolute best, I think some of those are coming up. Yeah, yeah there's so. there's a couple of uh, my absolute favourites. Um, well, for my recollections anyway. Coming yeah. up, well, we uh, shall see. I think we're perhaps you know as we come to the conclusion of this project, when you know as we're all on our deathbeds <laughs> through the final <laughs> episodes, we we might uh, spare some time to reflect over our come up with the best five and a worst five. Yeah, and something a, like that. The best of the rest, maybe. Here's a question from Ben Baker of the Don't Let's Chart podcast, which I constantly recommend because mm-hmm. we talk about in. Our bonus episodes charts quite a lot of things mm-hmm. at the time to context for the time the books are written. And good old Ben Baker has asked, with old Ian coronavirus in the grown-up news, mm. I'd like to ask the panel what their best virus was and who would be the best detective <laughs> to arrest a virus for its terrible crimes. <laughs> virus. The best virus. Do you know what? I can't remember. It's one of these weird things being ill, isn't it? You don't know if it's viral or bacterial ah. necessarily, especially if you're young and you, someone's trying to explain that you've got the, a cold, the flu virus or whatever. Have you ever had one of those colds or the flu where you've like had the sort of hallucination sleep, where you've been so sort of fever ridden that you? Yeah, no, not not for a long time, but no, me yeah. either. As you get older, you're just more ill more often, or you just not look. <laughs> You just think, I'm a grown-up now, so I'm all right, so you don't look after yourself so well. But you spend your entire time going, I've got a bit of a cold. <laughs> what's been... You, uh, this is a stupid question. What's been your worst illness? What What on earth are you asking me that for? <laughs> I want to know. Well, um, I can't think of In anything. terms of viral illnesses. Well, this, this any illness, really. I definitely had, had one Christmas where my entire family were... Absolutely flattened by the by the flu, yeah. and all kind of in in bed all Christmas Day. My mum dragged herself out of bed to attempt to make some kind of elaborate Christmas lunch, which no one could eat because we were all sick. <laughs> oh, bless her! Absolutely ridiculous. Um, oh. But she soldiered on. She tried she her best. She did. Bless she, her. Yeah, mm-hmm. none of the rest of us did. We were all feckless. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it wasn't oh, great. Yeah. In terms of detectives to arrest a virus. <laughs> Um, Andy, sure. Andy Parker, because he'd be or Ollie Weeks, because they'd be they'd be immune to it. <laughs> yeah, they're so <laughs> grotesque and ridden yeah, with all sorts so, of so, stuff. So they'd be immune to it. So either of them two, I reckon. <laughs> I was thinking about the broader world of like fictional detectives. How many actually have medical stories involved? Mm. And if we accept Quincy from this, because he's not technically uh, a detective, he's effectively a detective, though, isn't he? Really? Well, he has to do it through Lieutenant Monaghan, doesn't he? <laughs> but. He's a he's a bit busybody, interfering busybody. You leave Quincy alone. Is a is a bloody interfering busybody with a big estate car. (laughs) It's a hearse. A big estate car drives around in a big estate. When we're 170 episodes into the Quincy podcast, you won't be saying that. Talking about trapping someone on an island until they go mad. But um, yeah, medical things in in in. Sort of detective fiction is. 
I think Morse has probably had a few things with like chemical labs or scientists and psychologists and testing and things like that. But yeah, yeah, I've I've never looked into diagnosis murder. So uh... yeah, that's true. I've never watched diagnosis murder. But again, or oh, oh, stretching the definition of detective. I guess that's, so, yeah. that's absolutely in the Quincy school. Of, well, uh, I, I always resented it for taking over from Quincy when to, when they had a spell. Yeah. Of I won't rise Quincy. to the bench. Unqualified. <laughs> Nosy Parker. <laughs> Quincy has lots Extending of qualifications. Extending beyond his uh, jurisdiction. Just like watching Dick Van Quincy Dyke. Today. Dick Van Dyke. Quincy. Who else was there? Anyone who's a else? lawyer or a solicitor yeah. or, a, or, or a, an a, advocate of some sort. Or a mystery writer or... Dr. <laughs> Quinn Medicine Woman. Did she do a bit of... I think that was more... <laughs> not, I was going to say sitcom. I think soap opera rather. Was but it? I don't know. Night Rider. No, because he had a reason, didn't he? Not to arrest a virus. Did he? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't think I ever knew what his reason was. That guy with the weird suit sent him... Devon. Sent him on stuff. I, I haven't seen one for so long, I couldn't really remember. Yeah, there was there was some... There Just was send him the 18 some... to blow up a hospital. Uh, yeah, yeah, with some things they found in a barn that they were locked <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah. That's one when they made that uh, they made a cannon that fired cabbages. Do you remember that? There was a ta- one on- <laughs> a tank fired cabbages out the front of it. There of was one on yesterday that was essentially a western, but obviously set in the time of the eighteen. And they had to make a, something to attack a train, so they essentially built a two-story tank. Oh, I've seen this. Really good, that isn't it? It's bloody stupid. Yeah. So they get the eighteen to build a two-story tank to attack the virus. Yes, that's what Excellent. we'll do. Yeah. There we go. I like it. Right, let's move on to nineteen seventy-nine as a year. Oof. Oh, let's talk about music. Okay. What's come on? What's going to be? And I've, again, I've, I've hung this on seventeenth of May, nineteen seventy-nine, as the top charts album singles. What do you reckon? Who's up there? Wasn't it all like Artists. New York scene, like what, talking disco, heads and all that? Uh, um, or blonde, art rock, blonde, blonde, yeah, all, all that. Had some hits this on is then. this is the Blondie period, basically. Blondie are one of the biggest selling bands of nineteen seventy-nine. Yeah. Although in the the week we're talking about. Heart of Glass has come down to number 10 in the Billboard Hot 100, hmm. which was the biggest one of the biggest singles of the year, I think. Yeah. And in the UK, I think Sunday Girl has just entered the mm. top 10. Yeah, at, we were a bit behind. At number 10. You might even have Roxy Music in the charts in the UK. Let's have a little look and see if we can find the words Roxy Music. There's a Roxy Music song in the UK top 10 singles. Angel Eyes. It's not Angel Eyes. The Dance Away. It's Dance Away. Yeah. There we go. Did quite well. We've finally got to Roxy Music. Are Boney M still there? They're not Boney in the M. charts somewhere. Well, Boney there, M are at number three in the UK charts, yeah. but with what? Rivers of Babylon. No, nothing so grand. All oh, right, Daddy Cool. It's a song that makes me think of Butlins. Hooray, hooray! It's, it's a Harley, Harley day. day. That's yes. it. Yeah, there we go. Um, Bloody awful. Well, oh. Aberv on there. Yeah, last of course. Yeah, on there. The Voulez-Vous album's number one. They've got Does Your Mother Know in the charts in the UK. Oh, Have they yeah. got anything in America? No. Are the cars cropping up in America yet? Not this week, anyway. Ah, maybe not top ten. They definitely had like some some uh, cracking singles out. Cliff Richard had a big hit in '79, didn't he? Well, he had an album out like yeah, with the word "teenage" in it, I think, which was. Long past being the truth for, for Cliff. Yeah. Anyway, let's. I'm not going to read out everything on this this grid of of information I've got here. No. 
But I will say that there's definitely at least one album on the US albums chart that Morgan and probably you as well, Steve, would love by a guitar rock person. Who yeah. could it be? What, Neil Young? No. Well, no. let's. I'm calling it rock, but you know, it's more hard rock, slightly metal. Slightly hair rock. Like Van Halen? It's Van Halen, oh. but which album? Um, uh, would we be up to... Van Halen 2. Yes, yeah. Van Halen 2. What a corker. Dance the Night Away. Yeah, that's... Love it. That's in the charts. They're the biggest representatives, I think, of, of rock slash metal mm. in any of this stuff. Wow. I mean, you've got Thin Lizzy album in the UK. Oh, mm. yeah. Which one are we Black on? Rose. Oh, amazing. Gary Moore on lead guitar. Oh, oh dear. Oh no, it's it's a good thing, honest. Well, Gary Moore's in the UK top ten as well. With just say the famous Parisian walkways, <laughs> Parisian, it Parisian is. walkways. Bee Gees are doing quite well with their album oh. Spirits Having Flown. Oh, Leo Sayers best of. Oh. Art Garfunkel's doing a lot of work with his album Fate for Breakfast. Oh, right. Which Lovely. clearly is a huge hit as an album, but oh. I've never even heard of. Super Tramp. Big album. I was, I was just thinking about Supertramp then, because it was it's kind of the era era of those AOR bands, mm. kind of. Yeah. Do you know any of their album titles though? What was the Breakfast, Breakfast in America? To, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one at the time. I was about to say Breakfast at Tiffany's. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Please, I didn't cross bre- over. Breakfast. A few years later, that one. Yeah. Dire Straits with yeah. Dire Straits. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Prepping themselves for the CD boom to come. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Getting ready. Yeah, it's an interesting one, really. There's there's a few disco things in there. There's Good Night Tonight's in the American Top Ten by Wings. There's the Jacksons in there. There's In the Navy by Village People, stuff like that. Hot Stuff by Donna Summer. Oh, yeah. And Who Are Peaches and Herb? Oh, rings a bell. Um, what was the song? Well, they were number one in America with Reunited. Reunited and it feels so good. I thought it was that one. Okay. They had an album called Too Hot. But, you know, in broader sense of 1979, Zappa albums. So we're all Frank Zappa fans here, although we've not really chatted about Zappa for ages. That's Joe's Garage, isn't it, 1979? And Shake Your Booty. Joe's Garage, Shake Your Booty. We can tick those off. In fact, it's Joe's Garage 1 and then Joe's Garage 2 and 3. 2 and 3 are 1980, aren't they? Yeah. Shake Your Booty. And there's two more. Oof. Um, I'll be very disappointed the, with you, Morgan, if you don't get this. I, are we talking like contractual obligation from one or one? Was, was not not orchestral favorites. Orchestral favorites. Sleep dirt. Sleep dirt. There we go. Oh. He didn't yeah, let so, me down. He didn't let me down. It's it's the, the the ones that were kind of cobbled together very hastily to get out of his uh, his contract with um, Discreet. Yeah. There we go. That's why there's got wow. so many that that year. I love Joe's Garage. Also, he had a, an X number of albums. He just <laughs> just just dug into the vault and and compiled three albums very very quickly and just just shoved out. So I think the other one was um, Studio Tan, which must have been the year before, I guess, oh, right. or the year after. Pink Floyd um, album of 1979. The Wall. The Wall. Yeah. But that, that comes out very late on. So it does. Yeah. yeah. That'll, that'll only get in your. Uh... Was, yeah. It was the. the, the Another breaking wall was that almost Christmas. That was Christmas. Yeah, it, it could was, well be, it was, and it still, was. their stuff could well be. It was. It in was. The charts it was. It when was we do dis- our next book, still. it was released December, nineteen seventy nine. Festive favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yes, jolly stuff. It's all the sleigh bells on it that makes it. <laughs> <laughs> what about movies and top grossing movies? Apocalypse Now. 
Apocalypse Now is one of the top movies of 1979. Yes, it is. Uh, was there a James Bond movie? Um, there was. Moonraker. Moonraker. Aye. Which I listened to the radio adaptation of on the BBC radio recently, on the Sounds app. And it was very interesting to hear the original story, which is entirely earthbound, yeah. compared to the film, which... As a kid, I absolutely loved because it was space <laughs> and it was it's, 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 it's very silly. Jaws being that big, you know, yeah. he's a cartoon villain, isn't he? Really, he totally is. Isn't that the one where he falls in love? Yes, he is with a little yeah. Swiss girl. Marvelous. Who turns, or, or he falls in love in the one before, mm. but she's with him in this one. Ah, and yeah. Goes into space with him for some reason. Of course. And James Bond and the minister wearing gas masks when they go. <laughs> I've not seen it for years. Go on. What else have we got? Ooh. You've ticked off two of them straight away there. Amazing. Give us a clue. Nostromo. Nostromo, I don't even know what that means. Um, so, Alien? Alien. Oh, That's right, the, the ship course, in Alien. Yeah, yeah. A Dudley Moore film? Oh, is that, what's its name? Arthur? <laughs> I don't know what what's his name is. What? Ten. 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 Oh, yeah. Man. So, it's, this is the start of Dudley Moore going from British satirical piano player to diminutive yeah. Hollywood sex symbol. Yeah. Much to Peter Cook's... Uh, Chagrin. Uh, I'll run it down anyway. Top 10 top grossing films per the US box office. Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, uh, yeah. Never seen it. No. The Amityville Horror. Oof. Yeah. Seen it once. Rocky 2. Oh, of course, yeah. Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. Helicopters. Star Trek The Motion Picture. Oh, of yeah. course, yeah. <laughs> so it's where Something the Star Trek world really is comes back to life. Alien 10. The Jerk. Oh, which wow. I haven't seen for a long time. No, me either. Moonraker and the Muppet movie. Oh, oh yeah. I think of any other films from 1979, just generally. I've got a great list here. No. Okay, before we get to what we have to get to. <laughs> Last Hammer film. Uh, to the Devil Well, to the Devil Not door. necessarily a horror film. Ah, okay. On the Buses 9. Meet <laughs> <laughs> me on the Buses. I don't know. Something on the Buses. I don't know. Horror on the buses. No, The Lady Vanishes oh, was the last yeah. the last Hammer film until 2008 when they made Beyond the Rave. Well, they made quite a few, didn't <laughs> they? They have since the, then, actually. You know, which were quite well received, actually. But... Quadrophenia comes out in 79. Of course it did. And obviously Marvelous. the album and accompanying soundtrack stuff. Murder by Decree. Know that one, Steve-O? Should have known that. Stars Christopher Plummer and James Mason. I'm watching him. I'm watching his eyes. I'm watching is his it, brain. Is that Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. They investigate the Ripper murders. Mm. Oh, I must have seen it, yeah. Of course you've seen it. Monty Python's Life of Brian. Oh, of oh, course. Actually, yes. Of course. And raise a glass to Terry Jones while we think about that. Quite. Scum comes out. Oh, blimey. Which is oh, a... Does The Warriors come out in 1979? I'm not sure, actually. No, I didn't be very far spot off it. the Warriors. It'd be early that might 80s. be 1980, maybe, or 81. Well, I think it's 1980, because I think I've seen something very recently that ah. said 40 years since the Warriors. All right, fair enough. Well be, then. What does come out in 1979, Mad Max, ah. which is so weird to go back and watch Mad Max after you've spent a lifetime having seen Beyond Thunderdome and then like the new Mad Max as I well. I don't think I've ever seen the original Mad Max. I've seen Mad Max 2 loads Brilliant. Thank you, Australia, for the weirdness that you gave us in, in movies. We needed it. Rock and Roll High School. Yes. What's the best thing about Rock and Roll High School? Oh, it's, it's, I've never seen it's it. It's very hard to say. I mean, well, I did so many highlights. It's just ludicrous. Tell the nice ladies and gentlemen and people 
what it features. Who's who's in Rock and Roll High School? It it, it features and is built around the music of uh, the Ramones. Yes, but it, it tells the story of um, it's PJ Souls who plays uh, Riff Randall Rock and Roller, um, <laughs> who, who is. Um, trying to break out the confines of her stuffy high school to go and see the Ramones who are coming to, to visit their town. Um, and their, their, their rebellious music basically ends up causing havoc and inciting the, the, um, the students to riot and blow up the school. And it's great fun. That sounds good. Mm. Driller Killer comes out in 1979. Ooh, yeah. The, the Driller Killer. Happens. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's an odd one. Artier than I was expecting when I saw it. And which Carry On film comes out in 1979? It's a trick question. There wasn't one. There wasn't one. Yay. It finished the year before with oh, Carry On Emmanuel. I, we, we skipped the year that it finished. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it finished. What was Kenneth Connor up to then? He was just waiting for Aloolo to come around, <laughs> I presume. Getting looking so, after his dicky ticker. Oh, my dicky ticker. <laughs> so everyone who listens to this and puts up with the nonsense we've been talking about, the carry-on films for that, so long. So that's going to be the done. last time it's until done. we... Well, yeah, 19, until, until 1995 or whatever it was. Like Somewhere yeah. in that general... We don't have to talk about Bernard Breslau as Poirot anymore or <laughs> anything like that. Yeah. We don't have to, but... Let's have a little bit of TV. I think we've established people know how old we are. I was born in 78. You two were born in 79. Uh-huh. We grew up in the 80s. So things that start in the late 70s and ran into the 80s, as many things did, some of them ran into the 90s. So basically anything we're talking about now is stuff that was probably formative to us a Indeed. lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff, and that, stuff was just re- repeated. These bonus episodes are going to get very long as we disappear into... Absolutely. <laughs> it's all right. The world of podcasts is entirely founded on nostalgia. Yeah. So... <laughs> so, for instance, on TV, Blankety Blank starts. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. A Blankety game Blank, show. Checkbook and pen. Yeah. The match game, if you're in the States, I guess, uh, they'd already been going for a, few, a good few years. Oh, so we, we adopted it I from th- them. I think we pinched yeah. it and just changed the name, yeah. yeah. I with many of those quiz shows. Antiques Road Show starts. Pretty That's else. still going. Still going, yeah. Uh-huh. And America has a version of that as well which I think is called the Antiques Road Sale or something like that. Okay. I might be wrong. The Paul Daniels Magic Show. Oh, you like it, not but a lot. not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. But I used to watch that every time it was on. Oh, God, me too. I, I did like it a lot at the time, I think. Yeah. Might even have had a, a Paul Daniels Magic set at one point. Oh, I had the Ali Bongo Magic Book. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> we can't get into who Ali Bongo was, if you don't know. Terry and June starts in 1979. Not the nine o'clock news. Which I really don't know much about mm. because it's never been repeated. Why not? I, well, possibly because of some misguided sense of it being satirical and of its time. But it was, it's rarely been seen and, mm. and it's always had really bad video releases. And we were, we were all a bit too young for it. Yeah, you, 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 yeah. I've only ever seen... There's odd sketches that people drag yeah. back up. But it's it's they, the same but... two or three as oh, well, yeah. isn't it? But what I have seen of it, I really like. And I've got two of the albums recently as well. And they've all, all the albums have just been reissued as well. Big shout out to Tim Worthington from the Looks Unfamiliar podcast who wrote this, the liner notes for the new issue of that. Give Us a Clue starts, another quiz show. Oh, God. Liam, Eunice Stubbs and Lionel Blair. Yeah, that was a charades-based game, wasn't it? Uh, Used to be on in the middle of the day, I think. So that one. Yep. Give us a clip. What yeah. a treat. <laughs> Wurzel Gummidge. Oh, right. John Pertwee is the anthropomorphic scarecrow. 
which was pretty terrifying. <laughs> Tales of the Unexpected. Ooh. I, don't, I, I would have loved it. I've never really seen it, though. That gets repeated quite a lot on some of those high number channels on the uh, digital TV these days. To look out for. I remember the opening credits being kind of weirdly evocative and swirly ladies mm, yeah. dancing. Theme music by Ron Grainer, who wrote the Doctor Who theme. Indeed, I've I seem to remember having seen quite a lot of those, and but then I've read quite a lot of Roald Dahl short mm. stories as well. Very good short story anthology series. I think that was repeated quite a lot in America as well. Mm. So that that'll be quite well known. The Cannon and Ball Show. Yeah, now brilliant. we're talking. How would you yeah. describe Cannon and Ball to oh, people who've never seen them, Steve? Well, the best, really, weren't they? A big fella and a skinny fella with well specs. That's, that's little and large, little I think. Large, you know. yeah. Cannon and Ball, like little the little guy. Oh, the big guy. Well, was a little guy and a big guy, wasn't there? Yeah. Maybe not. A... The spectacles don't enter into it. That's Sid Little. We're talking about Cannon and Ball. Oh, right. <laughs> Tommy Cannon and Bobby Ball. Right, yeah, yeah. T- yes, sorry, yeah. See, this is the trouble because they are so interchangeable <laughs> in one's... Recollections. Yeah. Yes. So who are we talking about? Cannon and Ball. So Cannon and Ball was the guy with the curly hair and the moustache... Bobby Ball. Bobby Ball. And then he's Lancastrian mate. They were both Lancastrians, weren't they? Tommy Cannon. Yeah. yeah. So they were just light entertainers who were mildly amusing well, to then, 30 million people yeah, every they were, week. They were big business, weren't they? They made mm. films, and at least one film. Yeah. So Little and Large were the, the kind of ITV version or the BBC version. Whichever they? way around it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I quite like Cannon and Ball yeah, looking rock. back. I, I, uh, rock on Tommy. Rock on Tommy. Tommy. I've seen him live, you know. He's seen him live. Yeah, uh, end of the Pier show, Great Yarmouth. Well, oh, fantastic. where else? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, what a treat. Lots of hilarity, lots of braces, braces twanging. Um, a, a surprisingly poignant moment where um, Bobby serenades Tommy with Wind Beneath My Wings. One of my least favourite songs in the world. It was a, it was a but probably moment. your favourite performance of it. Oh, well, definitely my favourite performance of it. Yeah, it was it was it was bizarre. So, yeah, supported by the Platters with no original members of the Platters. It was it was That's a, a very show. specific memory. Yeah, That's good. Anyway, Minder <laughs> Minder starts in 1979 as well. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Which is a drama, a slightly comic drama about a wheeler dealer and the guy who looks after him. Yeah, which was quite uh, went on for quite a long time. Yeah, Dennis thingy writing the theme tune, singing the theme tune, was he? I, I love on Google when you can just, you know, cannon and ball, and then people also ask, and then the fourth question is, where does Bobby Ball live? <laughs> <laughs> Benidorm. Uh, next question, most re- frequently asked, are cannon and ball Christians? Well, <laughs> I believe they were, weren't they? And it was... Yeah, so. yeah. anyway... US television, we've got to get, this is turning into a long episode of of lists of stuff. Who said rock on Tommy? (laughs) For 100 points. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. What does rock on Tommy mean? (laughs) (laughs) A question that's been asked for generations. There is no Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's catchphrase. There is absolutely no answer to that. <laughs> Everything and nothing. <laughs> Rock on, Tommy. Did Cannon oh, and dear, Ball fall? Ooh, that's the rise and fall of Cannon, Cannon and Ball. Ball. 
Can we move on? <laughs> yeah. I think he's, he's entranced. How tall oh. is Bobby Ball? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you need to know that? Is Little oh. and Large still alive? <laughs> Single entity of Little and Large. Is it still alive? What? <laughs> no, what? <laughs> What is Sid Little doing now? <laughs> this moment. This instant. Oh. Googling what is Sid Little doing now. <laughs> what happened? Stop, stop what it. happened to Eddie Large? Stop it, stop it, stop it. I've got to move on. US TV. Dukes of Hazard. Oh, right. You'll like that, Steve. It's got yeah, a car in it. It is, yeah. Called the General Lee. Yeah. yeah. Climbing in through the windows, all yeah, that nonsense. Yeah, doors never worked. I had a little wind-up model toy of that. I had a giant die-cast one about this long. Amazing. Heart to Heart, which I believe was repeated quite a lot and shown over here. I've heard of it, I don't... Book Rogers in the 25th century. Excellent. Do you remember a cartoon called The New Shmoo? No. I remember the name. I can't remember anything about it. It was a comic strip, but I remember it really well. Hmm. The New Shmoo... The incredible new schmoo. I seem to remember it really well. It was just a, a sort of amorphous blob with whiskers that turned into all sorts of oh, stuff. Nice. The, the, the theme tune sounds very hep. Yeah, well, the way I delivered it certainly was. <laughs> now, you'll like this. There was a TV, a few episodes of TV in 1979 called Super Train. Ooh. I'll describe it and then I'll tell you who created it. The series took place on the Super Train a nuclear-powered bullet train that was equipped with amenities more appropriate to a cruise ship. It had luxuries such as swimming pools, shopping centres, a gym, library, medical centre and a discotheque. It was so big it had to run on very broad-gauge track. (laughs) Tell me, did disaster ensue? I imagine it did. (laughs) It's generally considered to be one of the worst TV shows ever made. Sounds amazing, though. It was created by Donald E. Westlake. Oh, my God. In a bizarre sidestep from his usual career of... A rare lapse of judgment. <laughs> you know, Donnelly Westlake's within the purview of this podcast in a way because of, like, crime yeah. writing. Super train, well... He's it, just like, suddenly he's like, what's going on in 1979? It does Nuclear sound... power and trains. Do you think whoever commissioned it was trying to get hold of Irwin R. Allen and just uh, <laughs> somehow pick the wrong guy? Someone's, someone <laughs> letter someone. Yeah. Very odd. So, oh, look at it, that's the model of it. Uh, that looks pretty cool. That does look very cool as well. I think they may have misreported this as being one of the worst shows ever. I think they clearly meant best. Uh, they, they definitely meant best. Okay. And around the world, to sum up for our, our you know international listeners, not just the UK or the US, Australia, Prisoner starts in Australia, Ooh. otherwise known as Prisoner Cell Block H around the world. All oh, right, okay. Oh, no. So that was a, a staple on TV in the way that Neighbours and Home and Away became. I reckon that's easily the most beige television programme <laughs> ever beige. made on Ma- planet Many Earth. wobbling cell walls as doors slam. And in Canada, we see the rebirth of The Littlest Hobo, oh, which was, nice. again was another staple on TV when yeah, we were going up. I never knew that was Canadian. Canadian-French production, yeah. Oh. Uh, there'd been a version in the early 60s, I believe, and this was the Le new... Petit. The new... 
Petit Hobo. The original probably didn't have the iconic theme tune, did it? No, but this one certainly did. It certainly did. It's a very beautiful theme tune. It's quite quite weak. Maybe tomorrow. It's a bit like the. In my mind, the walking away music in the Incredible Hulk TV series and the Littlest Hobo (laughs) thing, they're the same show. The same music, the same show. Anyway, this has been running on for some time, so let me conclude <laughs> on a quick bit of McCain... McCain. <laughs> McCain oven chips. <sighs> plug. Uh, they, they're great. I've been reduced to a nothing by your perusal of cannon and ball well, questions. That is just what, you know... But then I grew up in Scarborough, where McCain oven chips came from, so that's forgivable. There we go. McBain business. Ed McCain. I've just read Big Man by Ed McBain, oh. which was originally published by Richard Marston in 1959, oh, yeah. which is very interesting. We talked about this, the book Guns a little bit last in the last podcast. This is essentially the same book, except that rather than the, the baddie getting sort of captured at the end, he ends up as a high operator in, in some sort of firm, oh. which is sort of semi-mafioso. Oh, okay. But by, that, by the time he's done that by shooting lots of people, even though he didn't mean to. He's, he's so, like, watching his back all the time. It's like, oh, be careful what you wish for. Oh. I see. It's quite good. It is oh. quite good out of those sort of early McBain's where he's sort of running through them in a pulp magazine style. Yeah. I think I prefer Guns slightly more because that's a bit grittier and more McBain-ish. This is a Marston book rather than a McBain oh, book. Okay. Uh, it's worth a read, big man, I reckon, oh, if you're cool. going to go back and look at those early ones. Mm. Reading anything good at the moment, gentlemen? Not of a fiction. I'm reading a, a big, big, thick biography about Simon Bolivar. Okay, Simon Bolivar. Which is very uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm, you, you're going to catch me out now because I'm not sure I know what to pronounce their, their surname. I'm reading Prisoners of Power by Arcadian Boris um, Strakatskikastnit. Is this some sort of Russian name? Yes, it is. Strakatsky. That'll do. Uh, Sorry, everyone. Sorry, sci-fi fans. Uh, I definitely got that wrong. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's really good. Excellent stuff. And I am currently reading, co-reading between two books at the moment, because one's really hard to read. The Dispossessed by Ursula Le Guin, which I've never read, but is quite hard going. And at the moment, it doesn't actually seem to be going anywhere, but I'm sure it will get there. It'll get there. And I have just started A Horse's Head by Evan Hunter, which is his comic novel about, I think it's the Mafia, but horse racing, betting, and Hmm. it's the one that P.G. Woodhouse has put all the blurb on. And so I'm quite happy with that because I like to see how he does a purely comic, deliberately comic novel as well, because he doesn't actually do much of that as Evan Hunter himself. Hmm. So I shall report back on that as well. Fantastic. And we better wrap this episode up because people will have stopped listening ages ago. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Quite rightly so. Well, how tall is... Uh, how tall large? is Ghosts? <laughs> Which is the next book we're doing. Ghosts by Ed McBain will be the next book. So join us for that in our main episode and bonus episode full of this kind of rubbish. <laughs> when we come back... Oh, hang on before I sign oh. off. I've not done anything about the fantasy casting... I'm still working out the best way to do it online because yeah. we've clearly got a lot of other important stuff to well, talk about so on the much. bonus episode. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. 
We'll, we'll get that short. We'll, we will get that sorted because we want to keep that going, but it gets yeah. a bit much us reading out and looking at pictures well, during the course of the episodes. That's true. Well, when those networks come calling, we'll we'll have at least. You oh, know, we'll be the, prepped. Yeah. We'll be prepared. Yeah. Good. So I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye. And fairly well.